Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcasts, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature center paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms, through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. with Selena Fox. Tonight, we explore Lunasa and Lamas and Lamas Tide traditions. I give thanks to everybody who is joining this podcast live and the two live streams. The live stream to my Selena Fox update page on Facebook and the live stream to my Selena Fox channel on YouTube. Now is the time when the harvest starts again. So sing and dance until night's end, praising the powers on whom we depend. Now is the time when the harvest stops again. So sing and dance until night's end, praising the powers on whom we depend. Now is the time when the harvest starts again. So sing and dance until night's end, praising the powers on whom we depend. Well, that is a Lama's chant, also known as Lama's Round. Yes, you can sing it as a round with a group of people. I co-wrote that back in the 1970s, and I've been using it for Circle Sanctuary, as well as my own personal and household Lunasa and Lamas celebrations ever since. Tonight we're going to take a look at this ancient festival known as Lunasa, Lamas, or what we call it at Circle Sanctuary, Green Spirit. Yes, our Green Spirit Festival is beginning with preparations as we speak. I'm coming to you live from the Circle Sanctuary Temple. Circle Sanctuary headquarters are on a 200-acre sacred nature preserve in southwestern Wisconsin, USA. And we have been celebrating Lunasa in various ways since our beginnings back in 1974. I'd like to share with you some traditions from the ancient past, some traditions from our own community, as well as some traditions that others enjoy as part of their own celebrations. So how old is Lunasa? There is some debate about this. It's a Celtic fire festival, and most people today agree that there were four Celtic fire festivals, Lunasa being the time in late July and early August in the Northern Hemisphere that marked the beginning of the harvest, and tradition has it that Celtic people actually saw this as not only the beginning of harvest, but it was the beginning of autumn. Samhain, the end of the harvest time, was considered the beginnings of winter. Imok, at the beginning of February was the beginning of spring, and Beltane 
late April, early May, the beginning of summer. Contemporary pagans of many paths, Wiccans, witches, pantheists, druids, some heathens, some my churches in the woods path, and pagans of many places and traditions have an eight-wheel um, festival called eight-spoked wheel called the Wheel of the Year, each spoke being one of eight festivals. So what you have are the eight holidays that are being celebrated in contemporary times, including the four Celtic fire festivals and the solstices and the equinoxes, which we know that ancient pagan peoples celebrated in the distant past and are continuing to celebrate to this day. So what we have with Lunasa is something with Celtic roots, but something that has evolved as a festival over time. <clears throat> Celtic peoples once were in many places in Europe, but eventually moved, migrated over to what's now known as Great Britain, Ireland, so Wales, Scotland, and you'd also have Celtic people who were in continental Europe and from Germany to Spain to France, and today Celtic traditions and people with Celtic ancestry are in many places in the world. So one of the wonderful things about Lunasa in contemporary times, it is enjoying a rebirth. Not only in Ireland, which has kept a lot of the traditions going for a really long time, but in the United States, and in Canada, Australia, and the UK, throughout Europe, and other parts of the world. And the festival has evolved to not only be something that people who have Celtic ancestry celebrate, but people are celebrating it that are attuned to one or more forms of contemporary paganism and nature spirituality. In the earliest of times, it is thought that the ancient Celtic peoples had this festival to celebrate the start of the harvest. And one of the divinities was the god Lu. And a lot of the lore about Lu and Lunasa, named for him, the assembly of Lu is what that translates into, is really interwoven with ancient Irish pagan tales, lore, mythology. So it was said that the magical peoples of the Tuatha Day, or Tuatha Day Danan, were people that included Lu, and prior to them coming to what's now known as Ireland, the Primordians were there, and the king, last king of the Primordians, uh, Baldur, had a daughter who fell in love with a Tuatha the Danan person, a prince, they had a son. However, the father, the king, had gotten a prediction that his grandson would do him in. Well, he set out to try to prevent that from happening. However, the Tuatha Dee Danan people knew 
that it was important to have Lou be hidden away. So one version of this tale is that Lou went into the Tirdanog, the land of eternal youth, in Celtic lore, under the sea with the Fey folk, and was there until being raised into adulthood and went and rejoined his people. And there was a battle, and yes, indeed, he killed his grandfather, and then the Tuatha de Danann folk took over Ireland. Well, so many of these old tales have some roots in history, and it's quite possible this is a story that has some old remnants of the various migration patterns that have happened in Ireland over the ages. <clears throat> so what we know is from the lore, the Celtic lore, is that this big festival time was associated with Lu. Now, Lu was multi-talented, an artisan, a warrior. Uh, many link Lu with the sun. And if you are a fan of Star Wars movies, Luke Skywalker draws some inspiration and formation from Lu. And indeed, that Darth Vader character um, is kind of like the Formordian king, according to some people. So the old legends and lore continue to be with us to this day. Now, one tale about how Lunasa happened to take place is his foster mother, who was Taldhu, was clearing land so that the Tuatha de Danan folk can do agriculture. She worked the land, cleared the land, and was exhausted and died. In remembrance of his foster mother, Lou had a funeral festival that included games and a fair and um, feasting, bonfires. Well, that's one version of it. So that essentially Lunasa is a festival connected with the death of his foster mother. Another version, though, said that Lou's marriage happened at this time. And since ancient times, there has been this intertwining with this festival with passage rites. In fact, as it developed as a festival, there were fairs that were created. Country fairs today have their roots in these fairs, and people would come together not only to display their wares at the fairs, but to connect with each other and matchmaking and relationships happen. Some of them were arranged relationships, but there is a whole marriage piece to Lunasa as well. That has continued in some places to this day. And there are people within our own community that have chosen Lunasa as their hand-fasting time. Another tradition connected with this passage rite is that couples would pledge each other for a year and a day at Lunasa time and have a hand-fasting. Their hands would be joined by the officiant, often wrapped with a cord. If you've seen the movie Braveheart, there's actually a Scottish hand-fasting early on in that film. Same kind of tradition. A marriage, basically pagan marriages today, many of them are called hand-fastings. 
for this old custom of joining hands to of the couple to represent joining their lives together as a couple. And the idea was that if you got hand-fasted at Lunasa and you stayed together for a year and a day and it was working out, well, then you could make this more permanent. So another tradition connected with this holiday time has been one of gathering lots of people together. Well, the name itself, Assembly of Lou, represents that. How long was Lunasa? In contemporary traditions of Celtic spirituality and pagan paths, many people pick a particular day, it's often August 1st or August 2nd, as the main day of the festival and the night before also being a sacred time. So July 31st, Lunasa Eve and August 1st, Lunasa Day. Well, as we look at the evolution of this holiday, we do need to keep in mind that there are some accounts and viewpoints that this festival actually lasted multiple weeks, and there are some traditions today that see Lunasa is starting in mid-July and going to mid-August. Now, in some places, July was known as the Hungry Month, and part of that had to do with people in times before there was good options for preserving food year-round. And so by the time you got to July, crops are growing, uh, but you're you're actually at the end of last year's harvest, which was why the harvest was so important to these agricultural peoples and places over time. So Lunasa would happen when you could start harvesting again. In some traditions today, Lunasa is celebrated on the full moon closest to August 1st. Now, all this is I'm sharing now is northern hemisphere dates, but Lunasa is now being celebrated all around the world. So if you're in the southern hemisphere, you're going to be celebrating late January and early February because right now it's moving into Imolk. Some people will celebrate Lunasa over the course of several days and nights. For myself, I start celebrating with preparations in July and continue on to the first part of August. There are some traditions that will celebrate in August in particular, beginning August 1st and going for one or two weeks, adding to the diversity of when to celebrate and traditions for celebrating this is the transformation of Lunasa from a Celtic pagan holiday to a holiday that was being celebrated by Celtic peoples who were Christianized and in places that had people from a variety of different backgrounds. Anglo-Saxons called the holiday Loafmas because you would make a loaf from the first wheat that was harvested and it would be blessed in Christian churches. Well, there is much speculation that because before Anglo-Saxons were Christian, they were pagan, that there were some similar traditions that were going on with grain harvest celebrations. Some people have a holiday that's known as Garland Day, and holy wells and sacred springs 
are decorated with flowers that are blooming during the summertime. Holy Wells are connected with Bridget, and she celebrated in many traditions at Imwalk. For myself, being aligned to Bridget, among some other divinities, but I'm a priestess of Bridget, I'm a year-round Bridget devotee, so I'm going to be celebrating her throughout the year, not just at the beginning of February at her holy time. And she became Christianized and became Saint Bridget. And also, those old traditions that were pagan became Christianized. So you have the two festivals that are six months from each other, both Celtic fire festivals, having Christianized versions. For myself, I see that Lunasa today is multicultural, international, interreligious, multilingual. And I celebrate that diversity. I do think the tradition of celebrating the start of harvest is something that goes across time and cultures and spiritual traditions. And even if you do not grow things in your garden or you're not a farmer, indeed, many people in the world do not have agricultural activities as part of their livelihood. Still, we all can reap the bounty from agriculture and the bounty of nature in the fields and the forest and the meadows. So what I'd like to do now is share some more diversity about Lunasa. How do you spell it? L-U-G-H, that's Lu. NASA, N-A-S-A, that's one way, and some add a D and an H on it. A modern version is L-U-N-A-S-A. As contemporary paganism started reemerging in the mid-20th century, some adopted the actual Christianized name, Lamas, as a pagan name for the festival, and many people continue to call it Lamas. Uh, years ago, as Circle Sanctuary was taking form, an early name for our festival was the Herb Magic Festival, and I chose that name because what we were harvesting was all sorts of ceremonial um, culinary and medicinal herbs from our gardens here at Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve. And we also do harvesting from our restored prairie and from the woods. At this time of year, we continue a tradition that many have had over time, which is to go into the green as it's called going into the bounty of nature to celebrate that, to feel connected with that. One of my favorite ways of going into the green, and I have my own home with my husband and partner, Dennis, that adjoins Circle Sanctuary Land. We have a lot of berries. Um, in our acreage, and there's berries here at Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve, so connected with our own personal celebration of Lunasa is the berry harvest, and to give thanks for the wonderful berries. And I've used them as berry offerings and have made a lemon balm tea from harvesting the herb lemon balm, Melissa officinalis, and mixing it with berries, fresh berries, and I freeze some of the berries that we gather, and it's a delightful drink. Sometimes I add honey, and for a time we've kept bees here, and sometimes I just have it with the lemon balm and the berry solution. And I 
have it as a summertime delight tea. I not only use it as part of our celebrations, but have used it as an offering, pouring some of it out on the ground in thanks for the bounty of nature, for the herbs, for the berries, for all of the things that feed us. In addition to our own personal connection with berries and lunasa, there is an old Irish tradition with lunasa, bilberries or blueberries, all sorts of blueberry dishes have connections with this holiday. And blueberries come into ripeness around this time. And so that has been woven into Lunasa celebrations in many parts of Ireland and other parts of the world. For us here in Wisconsin, we have black caps, black raspberries, red raspberries, and blackberries that we all gather in preparation for a Lunasa celebration. What are some other traditions that go back in time that also continue to this day? Well, it's a harvest festival, and yes, uh, different harvest implements. I have a sickle that one of our community members used for many years. It's in the form of a crescent moon, and I use this for ceremonial harvest and use my hands for other harvesting and clippers of various types when I'm gathering the herbs and berries and other fruits of nature. So there is a long tradition of blessing the harvest at Lunasa time. So this takes a variety of different forms. There is the blessing of the equipment. So one way to do that is to get fire or incense. You might want to bless it with each of the elements of nature. You can do a blessing through prayers, affirmations. You can do blessing with chanting. And besides hand implements that might take the form of a scythe as well as the sickle, clippers, I have been to blessings of farm equipment, including huge combines. Uh, Pre-pandemic, every August, early August, I would be off to Eastern Shore, Maryland, and one of the communities there, the first Saturday in August, has the blessing of the combines. And so the local farmers all bring their combines in, and one of the religious ministers in town, and sometimes it's interfaith and there's several, will say a prayer of blessing on the equipment and on the people who are doing the harvesting. And that's an example of a contemporary celebration that most likely has pagan roots that have come through folkways that got transported to America by settlers from places in Europe that had harvest traditions at this time of year. If you are interested in learning more about harvest traditions, folklore resources can bring forth a lot of examples. And you can look into rich literature that there exists, into songs, one of my favorite harvest time songs, and that we've sung and had bards sing at our Green Spirit Festival celebrating Lunasa, John Barleycorn. And Dave the Bard, who's from the UK, has a Lunasa song, which is one of my favorite 
of the song. City also has kept alive a song by another bard friend of mine, Gwydion Penderwin, who in the 1970s um, created a, a Lunasa dance. And although he's no longer with us in person, um, he died back in the 1980s. I'm so thankful that some of Gordian's songs are continuing to be kept alive as part of contemporary pagan culture, in particular with the Lunasa dance. The Lama's Round Song that I began this podcast workshop with is something that we have sung in our large group ceremonies as we all have gathered. And large group ceremonies at Circle Sanctuary typically have a harvest piece where we give thanks for harvest in our lives, so the metaphorical harvest, but also actual harvest work we do right at the start of our festival. So for many years, pre-pandemic, and then in 2020, we needed to go online completely with it. We would do a mugwort harvest, Artemisia vulgaris, before going and doing the harvest. And one of the places we did the harvest with um, was the circle of mugwort plants around our year-round maple. And we would do a blessing of those doing the harvest, an honoring of the plants, a blessing of the harvest process in tools, and then after doing the harvest, we would give thanks again to the spirit of the mugwort and do blessing work so that what we have harvested would dry well, keep well, and then continue to be in our community in the form of herbs that we use for spirit bags and in times we've used them in culinary preparations for seasoning, making teas, but most of our mugwort has gone into crafting ritual items, spirit bags for our big pagan spirit gathering, our largest gathering of the year, which is a week-long celebration of summer solstice. And after doing the harvest, and usually around Beltane time, we will take the dried stalks from the, the Lunasa harvest from the year before and use them in bonfires. And we use them in all our warm weather bonfires and some of our cold ones too at Beltane, because we do some fire leaping there at summer solstice and at our Green Spirit Festival. So I also want to share with you that, yes, this is a fire festival, and there are ways to be able to continue the fire festival tradition wherever you might be. You can kindle a candle I have a small cauldron that I'm using here. If you are celebrating indoors, um, if you have a hearth, and I do in my own home, kindling a fire there, or given the fact that summertime, it's usually pretty hot outside, I often will put a candle in the hearth if I'm doing an, a meditation around the hearth fire. But one of my favorite ways of celebrating Lunasa is a big bonfire. And in times of old and times present, the kindling of a large bonfire as part of the celebration, having people dancing and singing and making merry around the bonfire is something that goes across time, goes across culture. There's some traditions that some places will kindle multiple bonfires on different hilltops, and that can be beautiful to see that. Others 
may choose, as we do here at Circle Sanctuary, to have a large ceremonial bonfire, but to have fire of other types that are part of the celebration. We've had people that do fire spinning, and we've had fire spinners not only twirling poi around that's lit, but kindling our Lunasav bonfire with such fire. We have something called the Spiral Labyrinth at Circle Sanctuary Land. It is a spiral labyrinth. It is a hedge labyrinth. And we kindle a small fire in the center of that labyrinth, often in a container, a cauldron, or a fire bowl. We have some people tending that. And then we have uh, different torches all around the spiral that are kindled on Lunasa night. And people walk the spiral to the light of torches illuminating the spiral, spiraling in, being in the center, communing with the fire at the center, often doing divination work, and then spiraling out, renewed and energized. We also have a social fire, a smaller fire, that is near our buildings, our big ceremonial area, our bonfire circle, which is Festival Circle, is in a large field, and that's so we can get a lot of people around it. I'm happy to report that in 2021, when I'm doing this podcast, we are having our very first multi-day, multi-night festival out at Circle Sanctuary Land. If you happen to be watching this live, then, and you're interested in taking part, well, you have a few more hours to register, so go to the Circle Sanctuary website and uh, get your registration in, because we're at the first stage of reopening due to the COVID pandemic. We're requiring everybody to have masks and to use their masks and indoor spaces, outdoors is at your discretion. We're going, and we're requiring people to be vaccinated and to show us proof of vaccination. We want to be able to have a safe and wonderful festival for all concerned. But also knowing some people are not able to get vaccinated or they have made that choice not to do it at this time, or there's too far away, well, we want to make sure we can celebrate with the larger network that we are connected with. So I am doing my very first hybrid Lunasa workshop. It's going to be different than the one that I'm doing now. It's actually on Lunasa Eve, July 31st. So I'm going to talk about some special things associated with Lunasa Eve, or some people call it Lamas Night, some of the traditions around that. But my focus with that workshop is on making magic. I'll be guiding some meditations and sharing some ways that following the workshop or even during the workshop, people can have some magic at Lunasa Eve. So in addition to having celebrations, celebrating the harvest, celebrating with fire, which represents the sun in many traditions. Some say it's the fire of Lu. There are some other traditions connected with Lunasa I want to share with you. So we begin with Celts, tribal peoples. And as many people use the term Native American or American Indian, that's an umbrella term. The Celts didn't call themselves the Celts. People later called the Celtic people the Celts. 
but just as you have within Native America a variety of different tribes and nations, same with the Celtic peoples. They may have many differences. They are in different places, some different traditions, but yet there is some commonalities. So that's how they came to get kind of this umbrella term. For example, the Iceni were in parts of what's now known as Great Britain. Um, the Brigantes people, um, who have their name connected with Bridget, example of two of the Celtic tribes that we know about through some of the written sources. Um, we don't know a whole lot about all of the specific rituals and traditions from ancient Celtic times is primarily an oral tradition, bards, storytellers, musicians, poets, would help transfer that knowledge across the generations. So oral transmission is something that's continuing on today. Um, some of that has gotten set down along the way in some places, but other stuff has kind of gone into the mist of time. So what we have today are some things that have come down to us from some written sources and some archaeological sites and research that's been done at places. So we do have some understanding about Celtic peoples and their traditions. But there's also now with Lunasa and people connecting with Celtic spirituality some other things that have been woven into the mix, and I really see that as a powerful thing. One of the ancient traditions that some people say go back to Celtic people celebrating Lunasa 1600 BCE, before the Common Era, the Games of Lu. And these were running and swimming and all sorts of athletic games, but also competitions in the bardic arts. Some say that this tradition of summer games may have started with the Celts, even before the Greeks did the Olympics. Some say that the Olympics and arose on their own, and the Celtic Games rose on their own. Well, regardless, this summer of 2021, when I'm doing this celebration, there are a variety of different games that are happening here in the 21st century. We have the Olympics going on in Tokyo, in Japan. People from more than 200 nations, athletes competing. And in nearby Madison, Wisconsin, which is only about uh, 30 miles or so from where we are, there's the CrossFit Games happening this weekend, also international and athletic. And not only um, in the U.S., but in Scotland and some other parts of the world where there's been Scottish influences and Scottish people, they're Highland Games and being part Scottish. I've gone to some Highland Games, and there's music, there's dancing, and really Highland Games have their roots in old Lunasa celebrations, as well as these other games are paralleling these experiences. Connected with Highland Games, in many places there are people with booths representing the different clans, uh, different family groupings within those with Scottish heritage, and there's also music and dancing and food and feasting and partying, a lot of that. Well, you're going to find some of those old ways of celebrating summertime and harvest time 
continuing on in America in country fairs, county fairs, state fairs, other types of agricultural fairs. And in Wisconsin, a place known as Sun Prairie, they had two big community events. I grew um, grew circle near Sun Prairie and very first circle farm in 1975 was located at, on rural land just outside of the city of Sun Prairie. And back in the 1970s when I was living there, I also had the opportunity as part of my livelihood to get to cover some of the community events as a journalist and photographer at the beginning of February, they didn't call it Imlok or even Candlemas. There was Groundhog's Day, looking for signs of spring. And in August, Lunasa, they didn't call it that. It was the Corn Festival. Well, corn as in maize corn. And I found it really amazing celebrating both of those times of the year as pagan holy times that the community where Circle started its growth as land-based had the opportunity to see the parallels of some old ways taking some contemporary forms. You'll also find that during the summer, there are horse races and horse shows. Well, that goes back to the ancient Celts and Lunasa time as well. In fact, in some parts of Ireland, it was considered um, good for horses to have them swim in the water in a stream or a lake as part of pre-Lunasa celebrations. There's a place um, on the east coast of the USA, an island known as Assateague, that has wild horses. The Maryland side, the horses have stayed wild, and it's a national seashore, but the Virginia part actually has some of that part of Assateague Island connected with the community of Chicateague. And if you've heard of Misty, The Ponies of Chikatik. It's a, a book that's been around for a long time. It is Lunasa time when horses go in the water and they actually do a swim. And the part of the way that herd is managed, and they are wild horses, is by um, the firemen. Um, take charge of this and sell off some of the horses and keep the, the horses healthy. So I find that is really interesting as well. I certainly know there were people from what's now known as the UK that settled that part of Virginia and Maryland back in the early days of what we now call the United States. So I would be a bit surprised if there's some resonance with some of those old Celtic ways that has shown up in the Chikatik pony spread of swim. And literally, people come from all over the place to be there. So what are some of the other traditions? Well, I mentioned one of the names of Lunasa is Lamas. And Lamas is connected with having sacred bread. And this is a rosemary seasoned bread that I got at the local grocery today that I'm going to be using as a ceremonial bread. And grain, so essential for so many people across the world and through the ages. I know some people uh, have allergies to gluten, and so there are some grains and some ways of making gluten-free bread. I do think a tradition that is really powerful is to make bread, to bless bread, to share bread, 
and to use bread as offerings as part of Lunasa celebrations. So this can take the form of something you do personally or with others. It can take the form of um, creating your own bread recipes if you are a baker. Another thing connected with grains is to create some kind of grain charm, and I'll talk more about that at my workshop. Those of you who take part in my Lunasa Eve Magic Workshop, working with some charms at this time of year. But I, whether you go and harvest some grasses from the fields around where you are, some wild grasses really can look beautiful, or you get some particular grains from an art fair or from a farmer's market, it's a way that is a traditional way of celebrating the time. Now, some people make corn dollies that are wheat weavings, and this is a small wheat weaving. It's a, a kind of art form, and, and they can be crafted at this time of year, and they can be used to bless the home. They can be used as gifts. They can be a symbol of the grain harvest. There is also a different kind of corn dolly, and this is made out of the other kind of corn, the corn that is maize, and another way of tuning into crops in the land. One of my fun symbols of Lunasa is this bread that was crafted and then preserved to be used as a pinnacle um, for celebrating this harvest time. So with grain, with um, grain charms, it's a way of connecting you with the tradition, and I have a kind of vintage plate here, and there are people out bringing in the sheaves, and this is most likely what, what ancestors did, maybe not in this exact way, but wheat and other grains have been around for a really long time, and although we may not be living in agricultural places or engaged in agriculture, we do need to be supportive of ways of working in good ways with nature. And certainly I'm in support of sustainable agriculture and farmers markets are a good way to connect with that. And at this time of year, you may want to go and visit a farmer's market and do your harvesting that way. And as we take a look at some other traditions with llamas and lunasa, being able to meditate, give thanks, appreciate, cogitate, reflect. All are good things to do actually at any of these sacred times. And it's a time to focus on prosperity. It was really important to have good harvest in ancient times and today as well. And being able to connect with the elements at this sacred time and to experience one's appreciation for the earth, the land, the soil, the air, the breezes, the oxygen, pollinating winds, the fire of the sun that's necessary for life, 
the water in the form of precipitation, groundwater, dew, moisture, and spirit, the fifth element. Working with all of them, feeling connected with all of them, very important things. And the green spirit name that I've used for our festival um, can take a lot of different ways um, and forms in sacred art. It often is a foliate face of some kind. And in fact, one of my ceremonial masks for a green spirit is one of those foliate uh, masks. And yes, a different kind of mask that I'll be using as well to celebrate. And I want to share with you a green spirit chant that I created and have used as part of the Lunasa celebration. Green Spirit inspiring us, Green Spirit connecting us, Green Spirit nurturing us, Green Spirit healing us, Green Spirit teaching us, green spirit guiding us, green spirit around us, green spirit within us. We give thanks to the green spirits. We give thanks to crops in many forms. We give thanks to the land. We give thanks to those who tend the crops. We give thanks to those who harvest the crops, who transport the crops, who store the crops, who bring the crops to market. We give thanks to all who make it possible for us to be fed well and to sustain life. We give thanks to the earth the air, the fire, the water, the spirit. We give thanks to community. We give thanks to the ancient ones. We give thanks to the ancestors. We give thanks to Luke and his foster mother, you. And we give thanks for all practitioners that are keeping Lunasa and Lamas alive evolving the traditions. We give thanks to all who are celebrating now and in the coming days. We give thanks to community. We give thanks. We give thanks. We give thanks. At this time of sacred sun, at this time when we are at the peak of what's called the summer season and that the Celts saw as the beginning of the autumn time, at this sacred time that is celebrating nature's bounty, having fun, a time for many people to have vacations, to enjoy summer music festivals and art fairs and county fairs, agricultural fairs, Highland Games, different comings together. We see that Lunasa is continuing on and continuing to grow and expand. So let us reflect on some of these traditions. Let us reflect on ways of celebrating from the ancient past and ways of celebrating now and ways that we may want to celebrate into the future. For myself, celebrating Lunasa, 
Lamas Tide, Green Spirit, is an important part of my spiritual life. Thank you all for tuning in, all of you who are watching live, and all of you who are watching and listening later. May you have a wonderful Lunasa. May you have a wonderful Lamas. May you have a wonderful Lamas Tide. And for those of you who will be joining us for Green Spirit, may we have lots of fun and keep alive that tradition of being able to carry on old ways and new forms and to celebrate the greater circle of nature of which we are all part. Lamas Day, Lamas Night, Harvest Feast, Harvest Rite. Bright Lunasa Blessings. There were three men came out of the west their fortunes for to try And these three men made a solemn vow John Barleycorn must die They ploughed, they sowed, they harrowed him in Throwing clods upon his head And these three men Made a solemn vow, John Barleycorn was dead. They let him lie for a very long time till the rain from heaven did fall. Then little Sir John threw up his head and Bob.
joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast, presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow the Nature Center paths. Join us here throughout the week for various programming connected to the community around the world. And please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org. And follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash csnpodcasts. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites, such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. And until next time, many blessings. <laughs>